0: Guys, I want to welcome you guys to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. We've got a great episode this week. Before we begin, please hit the subscribe button as well as the notifications bell. And be sure to like, comment, and share if you like this episode. And we'll get into this week's sponsor and show.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
0: CitiVest has quickly become the most popular and best way for doctors to invest in top-performing real estate private equity funds that are usually reserved for institutional investors. This unique access to investing in these institutional funds is available for the first time ever through CitiVest's easy and secure online investment platform. CityVest does the hard work of conducting due diligence and vetting the investments. They even get a third-party due diligence report that is posted on their website. As a result of aggregating a several-million-dollar investment amount into their access funds, CitiVest gains access to investing in the institutional investment and is able to negotiate better investment terms such as a 12% preferred return. You can check them out at cityvest.com or go to the link in the show notes below. Now on to the show. So welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast and I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as always, I'm trying to be on the cutting edge and bring you people and individuals, physicians that are doing really um, innovative, cutting edge things that are changing the landscape and helping others. So today we have Dr. Heather Fork of the Doctors Crossing. And what's interesting is I got my journey started in alternative careers by going through her blog, going through her conferences, and now it's time to return the favor. So uh, Heather, welcome. Welcome.
1: Uh, thank you, Chris. Um, I'm a fan of yours, and I appreciate all the things that you do for other physicians. I've read your story, I have your book, and uh, I think it's great to share what we've been doing and what's worked and what hasn't worked to help others make it easier. <laughs> you know, easier for them. They don't have to make all our mistakes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And what's funny was, you know, I started my journey, you know, sort of getting lost and confused in 20, 2006, 2007. And at that time, I thought I was the only one. And then I happened to, uh, you know, I, I you know, I squandered around, and you know, I was, you know, lonely for like, you know, five, six years, and I happened upon your blog, and I was like, Oh, wow. And then all of a sudden, this whole new world opened up to me. So, um, and I know you, you got started, before me so tell us you know how you got started in your journey
1: i'd be happy to and i didn't know that chris so <laughs> i'm glad you found me I, I i i am glad i could have been there for you how did my story well let's see i like to let people know that I really didn't want to go to medical school. (laughs) For any of you out there who this was not your plan A, even up to the day of medical school, I was thinking, is there something else I could do? And that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy it and I didn't enjoy being a dermatologist. I did. I just, I had thought I would do something different with animals and turns out I really didn't want to be a vet. So I kind of, I lost my plan. And I ended up going to medical school because a friend of mine suggested that it would be a good idea. (laughs) That's what she was (laughs) aiming for. Uh, But I fell in love with dermatology in my second year when we had dermatopathology. And so I I, I felt I had a direction and then I loved residency and got into practice. I bought a practice right out of residency and just put my head down and got busy learning how to run a business and, and be a physician. But it was maybe about four and a half years in when I I dared to ask that question, are you happy, Heather? And the answer was no. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of backstory to this. It was never about the patients. I had lovely patients and dermatology is a good specialty, but it really ultimately wasn 't the best fit for me, and in hindsight, we understand these things better, especially after becoming a coach and finding out that I love being a coach and My energy continues to expand into this profession so that 's a good thing to think about for yourself is when I was in dermatology after a number of years of practice, my energy started contracting. I I was thinking, uh, can I see patients less than four days a week, and I see them less than three days a week, and they were lovely people. I I still talk to some of them. But it's that I don't really like being in that role of being a doctor and giving all this information out and scientific information, medical information. It really isn't as exciting to me as helping someone make transformative changes in their life and have these conversations where I get to listen a lot and then ask questions to help the person better understand themselves. Like, I never tire of that. I find it thrilling. So it was just a bit of a mismatch, which I didn't really understand until after I'd
0: been in practice for a bit that's quite an interesting story. So when I know I've heard you speak, but uh, when you go to conferences and you say, um, you know, I never wanted to be a doctor, but then you got into medical school and then you, and then you got into dermatology residency. What uh, what is people's reaction to that? I'm just I'm just curious because you had the you had sort of like the dream path that you know. Huh. Surprise,
1: <laughs> <everybody I'm> surprise! <laughs> but oh, I hear this story from other physicians, so I'm more used to it. Uh-huh. Where. <laughs> They maybe had something that was more artistic or less of a secure path, and their parents talked them into medicine. And so they did well at it because, you know, if you're intelligent enough, you can do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I could never have been an astrophysicist, but I could memorize things so I could do the work. Uh-huh. Uh, I could ply myself. But I, I think it's it's a common thing that happens to physicians because we're used to achieving. So if someone gives us a goal and they put yeah. us on a conveyor belt, we'll likely stay on that conveyor belt. So we can become what's called a success disaster. I <laughs> mean you're <laughs>
0: successful, but it's really not the thing you're meant to do. Uh-huh. That's so interesting. Cause um what I tell, you know, a lot of my clients and followers that, you know, cause I I loved like medical, like the learning part and the the medicine part. And then I got into residency and I just absolutely, you know, hated the work. I just, you know, I, you know, so it's, it's quite interesting, you know, how people like different things and how, you know, some people can flourish in a career and some people, you know, just, it's, it's, I think it's just so fascinating because it's, because it encompasses so many different values, beliefs, needs, and wants.
1: It's so true. And something like surgery, like you're doing, if you're not aligned with doing it, it's even harder than if you're in a medical practice in many ways to continue being a Uh, surgeon.
0: mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So it's interesting because now you talk about uh, because it looks like you learned a lot of skills and then you translated them into new areas. So I know a lot of physicians, they fear, um, oh, uh, you know, I don't know how to do other things. You know, I hate my job. But, you know, if I leave, you know, what do I do? So, you know, try and relieve some of these fears by telling them how you went through it.
1: I think that is an incredibly common fear, and it's definitely not a deal breaker. I think it's more of the physician mindset, that we get used to being in programs and having somebody lay out the curriculum, and they put the hurdles in front of us, and they say, jump, and we jump. (laughs) So we're not used to bushwhacking. <laughs> but we we can be very good at bushwhacking. We just need to know some ways to be a good bushwhacker. <laughs> <All right? Yeah. laughs> so, so one of the principles when you're trying to do something different is, first of all, don't let the how get in the way. Because that's usually what happens is we think of an idea, like a physician might say, "Hmm, I might like to be a medical writer, or I might like to like you invest in real estate, or maybe I could go into farm or something else. And immediately the question is, well, well, how? I mean, how do I even get a job? Do I have to have experience? What do I put on my resume? How do I do this? And then they get discouraged and then you get um, paralyzed because Mm -hmm. it's easier to just keep doing what you know how to do than to get uncomfortable
0: doing something new. Oh yeah. That's, that's quite interesting. And, uh, it, it, yeah. And then what's interesting is also, you know, cause as physicians, you know, we do a lot of these skills, like, uh, you know, we write, we speak, we, uh, educate, and it's just interesting how, you know, you just a shift in mindset, you can t- translate these into areas like coaches, coaching, such as yourself. Um, and so when you were going from medic medicine to coaching, what, what drew you to the field, uh, what experiences, um, and just, I know a lot of physicians are interested in helping others, but in just a different capacity.
1: I just wanted to add that so once you um, sort of get the mindset that you can figure this out and don't worry too much about the how right away, tell yourself or remind yourself that when you started medical school, you didn't know how to do so many of the things that you know how to do now to be a physician. You learned them. So you might not be going to a school to learn how to do what's next or even how to make a transition, but there's always logical steps to follow. Like, for example, you it's best not to apply for a job until you've created a resume and have an understanding about how to prepare for the interview. So there's a logical sequence. And there are always people and resources to help you, but instead of somebody putting in a curriculum... You find these steps out by doing research. Having a coach can help too. Other ways can be helpful. So, the steps are there to make it doable. It just takes a little more effort to figure out the steps. But the, but we can learn all the things we need to learn to do anything different.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, for these skills, what's uh, how should one go about learning? Is it like through conferences, through any sort of books, seminars, uh, any coaching that in particular that will help them accept, get these skills and help them along their way?
1: I think it really depends on where the um, physician wants to go. So there are the general skills of using LinkedIn or writing your resume and those things. So those can be found with different resources. A lot of these jobs, for example, when you go into a a new pharma job, they don't expect you to know how to do most of the things you'll be doing on the job. They won't teach you in the first six months to a year, but you already have a lot of the fundamentals of knowing how to learn.
0: And I know, especially for LinkedIn, because I know, um, Uh, A lot of physicians, um, they're not, well, a lot of them are, they, you know, they don't have a LinkedIn profile, but in this day and age, um, online networking is really important. So, and I know you just created a course on LinkedIn. Can you tell the audience about, um, you know, the importance of LinkedIn, how you can use LinkedIn and ways of getting started? (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll try to be brief on that, but I like to think of LinkedIn as a great networking resource that levels the playing field for anyone who's, who's interested. You don't have to be an extrovert to be able to be good on LinkedIn, because a lot of people think of traditional networking as needing to be good at small talk and schmoozy on LinkedIn Introverts can do really well and so can extroverts and everyone in between. So you have um, millions of users on LinkedIn and you create your own profile and it has a picture and you can have a banner photo and you basically put your information that you'd have on your CV or resume, but you also get to include additional content and when you're on there, you can start connecting with people and building your network so that then when you want to reach out, for example, you'd like to find another physician who's working in a non-clinical job that you're interested in, you can search on that uh, specialty. You can work on search on that company, on that medical director title that they have, and then find people who could actually do informational interviews with you. They might be physicians who can help you even sometimes open doors at the company they're working at. If you're an entrepreneur, you can advertise on there, have people find you. So there's so many different ways to use it. I just think of it like a really um, powerful Rolodex on steroids, but it's so much more than just a listing of people. It's it's a way to be found and also find others.
0: Mm, that's that's an interesting concept. I like the idea of an online Rolodex because um, they say that your um, network is your net worth. So and um, and it's just fascinating how physicians can now establish online brands and online identities to, you know, help them achieve, you know, career fulfillment.
1: Oh, it's very um, powerful. Like, for example, I had a physician who wanted to work in a particular pharma company. And I said, use your alumni network. I call this the alumni hack, where you go and you see if you can find somebody who went to one of your schools. It could be college, it could be med school, it could be your residency program, and see if they're working at the company or interested or even in the industry. So she found this um, individual who had gone to her college. Um, he was older than her, so they didn't know each other. And she said she was interested in his company. And he, was, um, he had a position there. And as soon as she reached out to him, he said, I want to send your resume to the hiring manager. He did that. Within a day or two, she had an interview and then she ended up getting hired. That was one company, one in one job <laughs> application, and hired and happy.
0: Wow. That's that's such a that's such an amazing story. Um so uh so what are some like just and I know because LinkedIn is uh Broad topic, just broad strokes. What are some ways that physicians can get started, um, you know, in terms of like their profile, just getting set up on LinkedIn and start getting connected?
1: Yeah, it's first of all, if you don't have a profile, don't be intimidated. It's not hard to do. You definitely want to have a headshot on there. Get, in, your, get your basic information going that you could probably do that in about an hour or two, just the basics. And then once you're on there, you start um, inviting people. And I just invite any physician, anybody who's a physician, <laughs> I invite them and I accept their invitations. You can you can also custom invite people who might be in a career direction that you're interested in and reach out to them. And in the course that I have, I talk about how to message people to get a good response. Then, you know, if you're interested in searching for jobs, there's there's a lot of wonderful jobs on there. You can search for recruiters, make connections with recruiters. You can even treat it like your own personal website. It's easy to write an article and post it on there. So say, for example, you're interested in medical writing, but you haven't really published much, you could write a 500-word article on a topic of your interest and put it on your LinkedIn, and then you can link to that so, so recruiters can see samples of your writing.
0: Mm, wow. So So then as opposed to just... Uh, You know, networking, now you can start to use it for um, education and communication, um, you know, a website, you know, listing different um, opportunities. So it's it's very, very powerful. Um, Any pitfalls that, you know, physicians should uh, avoid?
1: I think the biggest pitfall is not being on LinkedIn. <laughs> if you're, because now when you search for somebody, if they don't have a profile, it's starting to look a little bit odd. Not to make you feel bad if you're not on there. There's lots of people who aren't, but yeah. it's starting just to become accepted. Another pitfall is messaging people with a message that doesn't really work. So... I like to think of three C's to put in your message. So the first one is you want to connect. The second one is you want to compliment. And the third one is you want to clarify. So when you're reaching out, you want to connect with somebody by mentioning uh, something personal from their profile to show that you you read it. You know, you could compliment them on a a job um, promotion or something in their about statement that, you know, they mentioned, then you compliment them. You know, people love compliments. Tell them something you like about the profile. could even be you like the writing. And then clarify is be clear and clarify why you're reaching out. It could be, I would just like to add you to my network. Or it might be that they've transitioned into an area that you're interested in and mentioned that, you know, you're interested in transitioning into this area as well. And then once they've connected with you, you can send a longer message because the first initial one is 300 characters. You can't say a whole lot, but you, you can then clarify why you're reaching out. Like, um, I would like, if possible, to have 15 minutes of your time where you could see if I seem to be a good candidate by looking at my resume. You know, be real clear on what you're wanting and limit the
0: time. Mm. Those are some fantastic tips. And I know in your course, you know, you go more in depth into it. Um, I, I thanks so much. And I know you, you've given so much, uh, you know, uh, gems and pearls, you know, about your journey um, and about your course. I know a lot of people are interested in contacting you either about your course or your um, coaching. And I know you're speaking at Peter Kim's Leveraging Growth Summit and coming up. So how can people contact you?
1: Sure. And thank you so much. If people want to reach out to me, they can go to the Doctors Crossing the DoctorsCrossing.com website. Mm-hmm. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you there. And yes. if you have a specific question, you can also reach out to team at
0: DoctorsCrossing.com. Excellent. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's funny, because uh, I know, uh, you're coaching, I know your schedule is almost all booked. And, um, you know, you're always doing new areas. So, you know, for all the listeners, you know, connect with uh, Dr. Heather Fork, you know, she's very open, she'll answer questions. So, um, Heather, thanks so much for being on the podcast. And I'm happy to, you know, come full circle, you know, after all these years and, you know, have you on the podcast.
1: Oh, likewise. Thank you. It's such an honor, Chris. And I have to have you on my podcast. That would be a real treat. So thanks for all you do. And I really appreciate it.
0: What a fantastic show. I hope you enjoyed our very special guest. Just remember, as a shout out to our this week's sponsor, CityVest.com. CityVest gives you access to the best real estate private equity funds with enhanced investment terms, verified due diligence, and lower risk. You can check them out at CityVest.com or click on the link in the show notes below to hear about their upcoming investment offerings. I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrisluemdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.